Sweet Spot on a Farm, episode 43. If you just randomly tuned in and have no idea what this podcast is about, um, The Sweet Spot is all about natural health. I talk about natural health and fitness to professionals from the field and anyone whose business and life's mission it is to help us support our health. Today we will talk about autism, but perhaps from a little different perspective than you might expect. Um, my guest today is a founder of a company that focuses on clothing for children on Spectrum, Spectra Sensory Clothing. Mita, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you? I'm fine. Autism's difficult because it's such a wide spectrum and the kids are as different when you've met one person with autism, you've only met one person mm. with autism. There's diverse as any other group of children. But I think it's like with everything, there's never one size fits all and everybody's always different, yeah. no matter what the issue is. Yeah. Um, first of all, I have to admit that this is the fastest podcast scheduled ever because <laughs> we spoke yesterday and today we are here talking. So I didn't have um, much time to do my research and, and I don't know enough about your company and, and specifically about your journey to founding um, Spectra Clothing. So let's begin with Spectra. What is the company and where did the idea start? Well, many years ago we um, fostered and then adopted a little girl who had ADHD, which again is a form, and then later on was diagnosed with autism. And when she was younger, it was great. I had her in beautiful dresses and things like that. But as she got older, she didn't like labels, certain fabrics. But it wasn't until she was diagnosed with autism that I realised that was why. So after learning all I could about it, I did go home and say, right, open your wardrobe. What out of all the clothes I bought you, you're not going to wear? And I came loaded of them still with labels on. Um, because of the fabric and because of different things. So um, I had been working before this. I worked with the elderly, which I had to give up when I took breast cancer. So it was getting back into something after that. And then I suddenly realised that there wasn't any clothing I could get for Kirsty that was other children wearing. You can get autism T-shirts if you look them up but they come with things like I love somebody with autism and it has the autism sign on and they are brilliant but the kids don't not all the kids necessarily want to advertise the fact so I wanted them to be able to dress like other children but that presented difficulties um, so we I started with Invest NI Innovation Voucher and worked with Belfast Met and the first two items we made were school trousers and school shirts, which I hadn't intended to, but that's what people said they needed. And I knew that the children would have trouble post-primary. It be the first time they've ever had to wear a shirt and trousers. So we made a shirt which looks exactly like any other school shirt, Different is also softer fabric, all the seams in the inside are so undone. It hasn't got the stiff collar. The label's in the pocket and a little button's all down the front. Only the top three buttons actually are real, so it can be put on over the head. 
And that has been our most popular item and the one thing that people really want. So since then we've expanded to, we now do weighted items. Again, not all children would need weighted items, but for many whose children are on the spectrum, weighted items do help. You can get weighted blankets. We do a weighted gilet, again, because... The weighted gilet looks the same as any other, so the only person that would know it was different is the person wearing it. But we do weighted collars. I say these things, they used to grind them and calm them, and many find it, that they work. Um, I actually had a gen. We are an e-commerce site, but anybody wants to call here, they are welcome. And I've never had so many callers as this week. <laughs> gentleman leaving there before you just come in. In fact, we thought it was you at the door. And he had only heard about us this morning at an autism event. And he came straight here. And he's away with trousers and one of our shirts. I said, my son's going to love this shirt. And yesterday I had a lady who came in to buy seamless socks. And my daughter didn't have a problem with socks. I had no idea about, you know, how many people did need them and their kids did have problems. So a lady came in yesterday to buy some and she was going from here straight back to the school um, because her daughter had went in with no socks on that morning. And yesterday was such a terrible day, but she said in the end that's what she had to do. So she was buying the socks here and going straight over. This is incredible and insane how... We don't, when we hear about autism, clothing is probably the last thing on our minds. I would never ever thought about how important it is to have specific clothing for a child to feel comfortable. How aware were you about the connection between clothing and an autism or a child on spectrum before you adopted your daughter? I didn't know a lot about it. I think the only little I knew was that um, they weren't great at communicating and um, they don't like noise a lot now, a lot of them, and I would have like noticed that with Kirsty. But when I really sat down and thought about it, um, my daughter never tells you anything. Never. I was telling that gentleman goodnight because he's an appointment with the school this week and I've actually given him two books so that he can read. He can give to the school to learn about it because if they're not learning many times, it's just because they're so uncomfortable. But like if they're like my daughter, she would never say she was uncomfortable. She never said a thing. The last year at her high school, I running late as usual and I come home and I said, Kirsty, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I could only get short sleeve shirts. And it turned out that she'd rather had short sleeve shirts for the last five years, but she'd never said it. Um, and another lady who is featured on her website, her daughter has Asperger's, which again is on the spectrum, but they're usually quite high functioning and intelligent. But every morning was an absolute struggle getting her out to school. And she didn't know what it was until she bought one of our shirts and a pair of our socks. 
Um, and her daughter never said anything about the closing or told her why. But because when she was offered the choice then, but the mother had said to me then after that, from then on when they went out shopping, the daughter was able to say, no, I'm not going to wear that worse like mine. She wouldn't have said anything before. So how did you figure that out? How did you put, the, the, how did you make the connection between the clothing and, and, and the learning issues? It didn't help me at first, the, the learning issues. But, I mean, I did do surveys and I did attend focus groups and, and I spoke to teachers and I spoke to people on the spectrum and it was they that told me. Because um, people say, oh, you need to send out your information to special needs schools. There are more children now mainstream who have autism and it is a burdening problem because... I was very fortunate. My daughter had a brilliant classroom assistant with her the whole way through. For somebody not that fortunate, their child could be lost at school. And it takes so long, like gentleman there today, three years it took to get a diagnosis. So, you know, I think if you're waiting for a diagnosis, again, I picked this up this morning, there's a guy who's... Jude Law, who has written a book on being a parent on the autistic spectrum, um, and he likes to go out and give talks, and his book's well, it's published already, but it's been released in the States in March, because he feels he is better able to say and lecture on autism because he's actually got it. Um, and he was saying, you know, if you're waiting on a diagnosis, it's not going to change anything. If you've got the doubts or, or the things that make you think your child needs an autism diagnosis, getting it isn't going to change anything. It just will help you understand more about your child's behaviour, but it's not going to be a magic, you know. And some of them might not realise some of the issues. Because they say they, a lot of them tend not to talk a lot. And it is more common in boys, but girls have it as well. Um, in fact, there's 700,000 people in the UK affected by autism. Um, are we talking just children or children and well, adults? Well, adults have only, I think, started to be diagnosed pretty recently. Um, and some people, when they read my blogs, whatever, they will say that's me or you know many parents feel that they should have maybe been diagnosed earlier again I think it used to be autistic children but I think now we have to say autistic persons because it's not just children children with autism grow up to be adults mm. with autism so it's a set does affect 2.1 million families in the UK and down the sides it's very high as well and I don't even want to think about the number worldwide because obviously UK is not an exception. It oh, definitely global. not. I have sent I have sent items to the states, to Germany, to Spain. Not a lot, but I'm sure if I advertised further, I figured out. So, how does it help to the children in day-to-day -day life to wear clothing that's that little bit different from the ordinary clothing that you can buy in mainstream shops? Well, we try to 
let them get things. I mean, we, we do a beautiful T-shirt. It's really soft fabric and no labels and all sewn down. And now, like, we would sell them, we could put... They can have whatever they want on them, you know, slogans like... Some of them came in the other day and bought one because her child's always asking, and I know the feeling when travelling. Are we nearly there yet? Or we can put whatever character, as a young child, whatever character. And all the kids love the fabric because it is so soft. And tie-dye is back, and we've been doing tie-dye T-shirts for the kids for a long time. So now they can sort of get um, easier uh, things to wear like I used to get annoyed I'm shopaholic and every time I went into the next sale and box and down these beautiful girls t-shirts and I couldn't buy them for my daughter because a lot of those things she can feel through you know the, the maybe got glittery bits across the front but some of them you can feel it on the inside of the fabric which is very uncomfortable our slogan T-shirts are like, don't do that, it doesn't go through. We do different methods, so it doesn't feel any different on the inside. Would this be only children's problem, or would you be expanding or thinking of expanding into making clothes for Adults. Oh, definitely. I mean, we go up to age 17, 18. And the strange thing was when I started to, to advertise, um, I didn't know a lot about business. My business started with, one, with a blog called Diary of a Mom Stroke Care, Stroke Would Be Entrepreneur, age 57 and three quarters. So, you know, all the tech but was a bit for me, but I managed it. And I was I advertised autism-friendly school uniforms. And nothing really happened. But then we cottoned on that they didn't know there was autism-friendly uniforms that you could get. So I ended up having to put fully elasticated trousers up to age 17 or 18. So then people started because they'd been searching for elasticated trousers because... Kids, as I say, you can't get them for the age of secondary school or high school. They're, they stop them at primary, really, so very hard to get. And that's why people um, started then contacting us and buying. This is incredible. I, I can't imagine what kind of research you had to do and not just marketing research for the business, but also knowing an awful lot about children on spectrum and about autism, about what it entails. Yeah, but as I said, I had to look wider than Kirsty because the symptoms are so varied. When I sent, my son very kindly sent me up a website when I just started. We've well, changed it since then, but it, it worked when I, when I was starting. And I had done a survey, you know, I was... But it came to it, I asked, um, you know, what age is your child? What would you like if you could get... And the first reply I got was, my son's 42 and a size triple XL. Um, so I am hoping that we can maybe do bespoke items for people. I did originally want to bring manufacturing back to East Belfast because I'm from here, but had a real problem getting stitchers, people who... Could sew and because I mean, 
The East was famous for its mills and root works, but those skills have all died out now. So, but we are still hoping to say to be able to, we have machines ready if we can get the bespoke ones done. But our, our 17 to 18 t-shirts are quite large. They would definitely fit an adult, so they would. Whenever you were fostering Kirsty and you were obviously going through the process of adoption, was there anything, apart from the clothing aspect, was there any surprise in pieces of information that that you maybe would never thought of? I, I don't think I realised how difficult she would find it to communicate because there's a big difference in Kirsty. Kirsty knows her anywhere. Um, big difference between her at age three, four, five, six, seven, even up until now she's 19. And, you know, I have found, but I don't want to give people false hope, I have found that she's got slightly better as she has got older. Um, but in other ways, you will see a sign behind me here. It says, well, it's a circle, and bang head here, or frustrated. And she picked up because that's what she would have done when she was young. Very often they will self-harm um, if people call them meltdowns. Um, fortunately, Kirsty didn't have them that often, but if she did, you know, she would run up to her bedroom and start banging her head off the wall, which apparently is also quite common. Um, so you have to run up very quickly and take her away from that. But it's one of the things that... Um, people have it a lot worse than I do. I actually did make a lady cry one day because she had a little girl. She hadn't got the child with her and she said, it's awful, her child was on the spectrum. And some of them would still be in nappies until quite late. So very wide spectrum. So you would find some, say, still in nappies. And she said, it's awful because they, they would get the nappies off at night and they would smear everywhere and this girl was talking to me and I didn't even have the things with me and she said I hate going into my daughter's room in the morning she said she smears her nappy everywhere it's terrible and I just thought as well I thought that's terrible because that's one of the joys of motherhood is first thing in the morning when they've just woke up and you try and coax them into bed to get another half hour but it never works um, and she had been searching the night obviously I hadn't done my homework so we also do like a pyjama suit with a zip up the back so the kids can't get the nappy off. Um, and she was just so pleased to get an answer to your problem about that. Did you come up with that to, to, to solve that problem? Or is it uh, no, well, I, well, lots of people ask me, so I did source it for them. I didn't do it, but I do stock them. Um, but I sourced it for them. And I say I do have jogging bottoms to get uh, manufactured yet, and I have different things I say that still need to be manufactured. Um, but the like of those things now, we do ear defenders, we do the seamless socks, because I say they are a big issue, and we do tailless shoelaces. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, actually. I actually have them in a pair of robes myself. You can get them for school. You can get them for trainers. And believe it or not, we have even put them in football boots. Uh, a bit tricky to get in, and this lady couldn't manage in the football boots, so she brought them back, and John was able to fit them. So, um, yeah, 
everything that we try to cover everything that you know people would want I also do books um people have candles but these are books some of them you can read with your child and explains about why the child won't eat there's one covering eating there's one covering closing I'll tell you why I can't wear that um so we like to be the one-stop shop now for all things autism obviously well we are for uniforms anyway but I can't imagine how much help this must be to parents who do have a child on spectrum with autism and don't really maybe know where to turn. That's what that gentleman was in just before you had just heard of us today. And he said, you know, I didn't realise there was anywhere. And the the problem, you know, our unique selling point and the the thing that we do is um, we try to help because the mornings can be really bad. So we, and it helps both the parents and the child. Like, for instance, that lady, I think, had had an hour's argument yesterday before she took her child to school with no socks on. Um... I need to come here and buy some and uh, go back to the school with them. So I still can't wrap my head around how clothing can affect a child's life, day to day life, and, and the whole world of and obviously the parents as well. But it's it's incredible how much just the wrong fabric or the wrong seam in the wrong place can affect the child's concentration or mood or emotional state. It's These children, a lot of them that their parents will tell you, when they get in from school, the first thing they do is take off all their clothes. But, you know, it's the first thing that many of them do when they get in through the door is uh, get stripped because they're not comfortable in those. Yeah, the man this morning, he's meeting with the school... And the one thing they would love was his son would like to go to school every day in shorts and a T-shirt and a sports outfit. Now he says, I know the school won't agree to that. They may agree to jogging bottoms with us, but we don't even know that. So he quickly phoned his wife because he lives a fair bit outside Belfast. And she just buy the shirt and the trousers and bring them home. And I did assure him if they weren't any good, obviously we would give him a full refund, but he was excited about the shirt and said his son would love it. And I get quite a lot of feedback. And somebody once left feedback saying it was only somebody who had a child on the spectrum would know what was needed and would know and, and think to get the things. I am no expert. Um, I've learned a lot in the last three years, but and you haven't lived with it, I suppose. And I say, Kirsty is compared to a lot of kids on this bench, quite quiet and not really. In fact, we knew she was there. Um, but again, you know, like my daughter's 19, I say people have been referring to her son since she got her hair cut. But that's because she just lives in jeans and trainers and dresses that way. Apparently, I've, I've now I've read, I have, did read a book about teenage girls um, on the spectrum and different and, and apparently it's quite common for teenage girls to go that route. What was the process for you as a parent like to watch Kirsty um, before 
the diagnosis. Because Kirsten we adopted Kirsty, say we fostered her when she was two, we adopted her about five and she did have problems and she was involved with child psychologists and occupational therapists. So it sounds silly, but in a way we were reasonably well off to get a diagnosis because she was already involved with all these people through social services. Um, other than I when we so she went to me in dream school, P one to P three, P four when I started to write the homeworks on the board. No. Um, so then she went to primary school with a little unit and she went to uh, an ordinary mainstream secondary school where she had a fantastic classroom assistant. We were told when Kirsty was young because she had other complications, she would plateau at seven. Now, I'm very glad to say that she did leave high school with three GCSEs which nobody was expecting, so very good. And then I discovered a place that I didn't know about called UCEL, where they help children with all types of autism. I say it's not a disability, it's a different ability, but they help people with sight, hearing, other physical learning difficulties. So she went there for nearly three years where they would try and teach them about socialising and try and prepare them for work and do a bit of school work. So after three, she did get her English and maths now there after three years there. I suppose I one of the things that comes across in all the groups that I'm in and the groups from the States and about autism mothers, they worry so much about if something happens to you, you know what's going to happen, your child. Um... Kirsty loves her food. She would cook, but now other she doesn't think she'd go shopping. She's never went and ordered a cup of coffee in her life. So there's a lot of social anxiety about a game when they're wearing something that's not comfortable or when they're doing something that's not in their comfort zone. Um, it can be very... If anybody wants to hear an expert on it... Uh, Middletown had a 10th year conference and the lady who spoke at it was a lady called Dr Temple Grandin, G-R-A-N-D-I-N. And there was a film made about her life. She has autism, but she's incredibly clever and um, designs, engineering, everything she done. And I'll say there is a movie made about her life um, I think if you saw a picture of her, you would say, that lady looks a bit funny, because when she was younger, she made herself a cage that she would go into just to feel secure and surrounded. Um, yeah, it was all, say, super intelligent, and uh, at that conference, tickets were going like hotcakes. Everybody wanted to hear her speak, although she did say, go on past ours. It's great to see somebody finally doing uniforms. And I didn't think of the American market when we were doing the uniforms because I know they don't wear uniforms there, whereas here and a lot of the European countries, yeah, they do. Um, but people get them for First Communion, for weddings, or if they're worried about how their child is going to cope on the day. I, I can't imagine what joy... For you, it must be to maybe, 
you know, getting a feedback how much it helped their daily routine or how much yeah. their child focuses better or how much it enriched the yeah. child's life because now they feel comfortable and don't have to focus on uncomfortable clothes, can focus on learning and the life around them. And can get them out to school in the morning the way other people can get their kids out to school. I think that's one of the biggest pluses, um, the fact that they can take them out ready and without having an hour and a half battle or having to take them without socks or um, and say we try and make things that are the same we done a national autism show in London and we were the only people at it who had clothing and this lady walked past her stall and made one of our shirts up and she said to her friend I don't see what's different about that it just looks like an ordinary shirt and I just went that's great that's what I wanted. My job, I've done it right because, you know, you can't see. Um, it doesn't look any different. Uh, so that's always good to hear. And I, I suppose that is the great thing about it because you don't want the child to feel any different no. than other children. You don't want them to feel like they look different from other children because then that would set them aside, but they obviously want to be part yeah. of the group with all the other children. And I think that's what's really important. Because like, even as a grown-up, you know, you wouldn't want to be labelled differently to be sort of cast aside or to, to be treated differently from yeah. other people. You want to be the same, you want to be equal. And, and Yeah, now people always feel sorry when I say about my daughter who when she went to secondary school. Every single day she went to take a packed lunch and every single day she went to the Senko, who is a special educational needs person in the school. She went and sat in her office and ate lunch on her own. And I don't think she ever went used to toilets the whole time she was at school. She wouldn't take a glass of water um, because she had to ask to go to the loo because she couldn't put her hand up and ask. And at lunchtime, the canteen was just too noisy because noise is another thing that can really set them off. So we now also do, you know, ear defenders. We've had to get them for Kirsty for... A long time because if she was going anywhere there was there a lot of noise and that's why she sat all those times on her own and I know as I say people feel sorry and say to me that's awful but you know she was happy doing that well the one thing you do have to have is a very thick skin because they can take like Kirsty did tell me this herself that the first time she heard the expression it's raining cats and dogs, she literally looked out the window thinking that is what she'd see. <laughs> now, everybody that knows me and everybody listening to this knows me as well have heard the story of um, we didn't tell Kirsty she was adopted because the time she was five, now she went to court with us and all the rest, but she was still settling and still, because she'd been in the care system, we didn't want her to say, because all Kirsty would have heard is, I'm not her mama. But we thought, you know, we're going to tell her when she brings it up. So my husband was dropping me into town one night to meet my sister for dinner. And he was driving home with Kirsty. And Kirsty said to him, I don't think you're my real dad. And what makes you say that? She said, because I don't think that's my real mama. And John said, 
Mix is say that just have because of shoes my real mama she be slim and beautiful like me. Well, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, it happened a lot. We were at a party and I said, Oh, I'm gonna lose weight for Christmas. So Kirsty walks up to the biggest girl in the room who she'd never met before and went, You know, if you tried you could lose that by Christmas. Um Yes, it's uh it's ex- and also she's never asked for anything. And at Christmas, you know, you're really just... I mean, I'd have to say to you, when people give you presents, Kirsty, will you please look enthusiastic? And, you know, certain members of the family don't understand about her. Um, but it is just the way she is. And Temple Grant says, yes, you should really try and get them out of their comfort zone. And I do, but I do it bit by bit because I don't want to give her too much... Because um, I say she would just be so worried about it that, um, like when she first was able to go to the shop to get me a newspaper, it's only around the corner, and I had to tell her exactly where they were placed in the shop, you know, the exact spot. Not that she's offered to go much more, like, but uh, she never answered her house phone in her life. Um, and if she wanted us, she wouldn't ring us, she would text us. So. Uh, I was very surprised when she opened the door earlier, but I think she was expecting you, as opposed to the gentleman calling about his child. I guess it must have been quite a learning curve for you to... I mean, I suppose you would need to learn about any other child because kids are all different. They are. Everybody's different. But with that diagnosis, and that's a little bit extra learning and um, obviously you'd, you'd have to treat her a little bit differently to make sure she's comfortable. I, I guess it must have been quite a learning curve for you. But the fact that it brought you to helping other families yeah. with kids on spectrum, it to me, it sounds like a blessing. Would I be oh, right? She was, she was definitely a blessing. Kirsty arrived with us. My mother died in October. Wasn't looking forward to the first Christmas and we had stopped fostering. And on the 17th of December, they rang up and that was on the 16th. They asked, rang up and asked us, would we foster? And yes, she was very much a blessing. Um, now, she didn't talk and that's another problem as well. You know, all these kids are non-verbal completely. And Kirsty, say, was two when she came to us. And she didn't speak, and social services did ring me one day, and they said they'd got to replace three days a week. I can't remember the name of the place now. It's gone, but it was for children who had real physical disabilities and real, you know. And I went over and I looked around it, and because they were going to send her there about speech, I just thought, she's not going to learn being with people who don't speak at all and I was lucky because as a foster parent you don't get a lot of autonomy over and I said no I'd rather she didn't go there and they actually thought they were doing me a favour that I would have her out of the house three mornings a week but that I would, didn't want that so I when she was three still in nappies like, I found a little play group to go in which was close to us they weren't supposed to take kids that were still in nappies but because we lived so close if they rang us they said she needed to nappy change the phone to us and, I would have went over and done it. And, you know, within about a month or so, she was talking away. Um, 
no worries if I hadn't made that decision. Plus, when I asked my son what he, he was nine, when I asked him what he thought about Kirsty Cummings, he said, oh, I'm so glad because I'm wanting I want a bit more independence and I'll give her somebody else to concentrate on. So, um, <laughs> and do you have to split the house with her when I heard it? Um, uh, but I'm fine now. I'm very happy. I count my blessings. I have a lovely family. I have a lovely son who lives in Newcastle in England because that's where I went to university. Uh, and for a while, he was actually elected vice president of welfare for the Students' Union two years in a row. And he started up a group for students on the autistic spectrum because he knew that they would have trouble going to all the other things that there are in the Students' Union. So he went round the mall and got them to come. And so they did have some good as well. You do have a very positive outlook on on life, don't you? You have to. <laughs> you have to. Um, you know, you do get dying days. And I'd be honest, like, this business has given me many, many worries, which haven't all disappeared, um, basically around funding, because we haven't got any. But, you know, I've been through worse than I. I have a very strong faith, which gets me through a lot. So, I think what you do... Um can be incredibly important for people on Spectrum. Um, how important was it for you to get Curse to diagnose? Do you think that if the formal diagnosis wasn't there, you would have figured out the connection between her emotions and behaviour and, and difficulties learning and the clothing? Yeah, well, as I say, she was diagnosed with ADHD and I put it all down to that. So it is, it wasn't until they said, and she would talk, but said, I know it's lovely and I'm not complaining. Kirsty would have told me a hundred times a day she loved me because she didn't know what else to say. So as, and now, as I say, she's getting better. But like trying to, you know, have to drag words out of her sometimes. But I have found as she's got older, she has become a little better and um, probably she's 19 now the hairdressers yesterday thought she was 13 um, I suppose she's not your average 18, 19 year old interested in music, fashion and makeup she has no interest in that at all and I imagine that if she was uh, and looking at the girls going out now we'd probably have more trouble So it does sound like the diagnosis was really important It, it was for me because um, it definitely made me learn a lot more. Do you have any idea how long it normally takes to get to I have heard people waiting two and three years. That's quite terrible, yeah. I have to say. Yeah. That gentleman I'm before had been fighting for three years and he only got his diagnosis last week. First son. You can Which, go privately, but it's yes. not cheap. But. So I, I can't imagine how difficult it must be for families with young children to be told that they have to wait three years for but, the process to, to even see whether the yeah. diagnosis is there or not. But that's what I was saying about um, what Jude had written. He'd said, if you suspect your child has it, it probably has. And... Don't let the fact that they haven't got a diagnosis put you off putting things in place that you would do once you got the diagnosis because, you know, 
there's, uh, there's child's not going to change overnight because they've suddenly got the diagnosis. If you suspect, that's what it is. Um, you know, start putting things in place where you can. So one time I felt before Kirsty's diagnosis that I did feel really close to losing it with her. Um, when she was told off, <coughs> she would smirk. Now, if you're a parent and your child is smirking at you while you're telling them off, it is extremely irritating. And if it hadn't been my son, he may well have got a clipper in the air um, or told to go to his room, certainly. And, you know, it was only when I learned that she didn't know how to, she didn't know expressions. That's one of the things they teach them when they do it in OT. They teach them, you know, because um, we'd done away emoji T-shirt, which we thought would be good for kids, you know, with a happy, sad faces so that they can maybe point if they could verbalise, they, they can point to the way they're feeling. So we, we did, we made those ourselves. Trying to tell other people that, it's very difficult. I would say to parents, you know, don't keep pushing them to, to do it. They will do it. You know, watch for the facial expressions, you know, not even if you were talking to your child, but, you know, I have only seen my daughter cry once in 18 years, just once. And, like, we've had some situations which were definitely where I'd have been crying. Sometimes I can see her, and even my husband doesn't notice this, if she's getting a bit stressed, she will, her eyes will slightly tear up, but that's as close um, as Kirsty would come to, to cry. So, you know, I'll say, oh, watch out for those little signs, because um, that was one that definitely, as I say... I cried cheerfully could have strangled Kirsty a couple of times until I realised that she didn't know how to put proper expression on. Like last Christmas she got up, she opened every present, she had a late night, she never just opened it, put them to the side. No. She came up to her brothers and I was going, you show a bit of enthusiasm for him. I think she managed a bit for him. But I said, now, we're going over to your auntie's. She's going to give you presents, Kirsty. Please look a bit, say something, you know. My sister handed her a bag of presents. She took the first one out and it was watching. She said to her, you might have put that at the right time for me. <laughs> so you can see how if a child didn't have a diagnosis, you would think they were being cheeky. Or, as I say, smirking at you, you know, if you... I could see how, if you didn't have a diagnosis, that your behaviour would be saying, we have a book here, and it's called, um, I'm not an naughty child, I'm autistic. But I got really upset in church a while back. Although the lady is lucky I was in church and not anywhere else. Um, she knew about the business. She knew the daughter on the spectrum. Kirsty hates going to church. And I, you know, you pick your battles, that's not, I just... Right, that's okay, you know. Um, although I'll make her go once a month, but that's it. Uh, but she hits it, and, and she doesn't believe it. And um, so this lady, Kirsty had been this Sunday, and the following week, this lady came up and she said to me, "Oh, was that your daughter with you last week?" And I said, "Yeah, it was." And she said to me, "You know, like she looks so normal." And I was 
so annoyed. Um, I, you know, I couldn't believe it. How well should she look? Uh, I said, I couldn't believe it. Um, I don't know how she expected kids on the spectrum to look. I have no idea. Um, well, there's probably plenty to do with them, like, just never knew. But, you know, it, I, I find it quite insulting. Um, as I say, we don't say here, you know, we say autism isn't a disability, it's a different ability. Yeah, I like that. No, it's very true. Um, so it is. It's just different way of thinking. Yeah. And you don't expect, I suppose, you don't expect to have to teach your child ex- expressions. You don't expect to have to teach your child what to do when they want to laugh and what way they look when they're sad. You, it's not something you normally have to do. So, you know, if you spec your child's on the spectrum, even by that, you know, you should be trying, like, again, one of the things in OT they did was the cards. When you said, put the emojis on a T-shirt, but it was the same thing, showing them faces when you're sad, when you're happy. and um, So, as I say, it's, but I was very cross that day, really. Um, and then I suppose there were times when you thought, you know, sometimes having an invisible diagnosis, you know, um, can be more difficult because, like, if you have a physical one, people can see, but I suppose they treat it like mental illness. You know, you can't see. And as I say, part of what they do suffer from a lot of social anxiety, which is what a lot of people with depression and mental illness would suffer with, so it's different. But I wouldn't have it any other way. So if you had... A piece of advice for parents who maybe have a child who hasn't been diagnosed. And if you have a piece of advice for those who come into contact with children who are autistic, what would it be? Don't give them anything with sugar. <laughs> even my well, son... Well, you shouldn't do that even... No, even my son, who isn't on the spectrum, two o'clock if he wanted anything sweet. Now, not that he was, wanted a lot, but, you know, he barged... But nothing after two o'clock. Kirsty, nothing all day. And she used to belong to a wee group in the church. And every time they come out at night, the leaders, they'd all get a bag of Harry Bows. And I used to laugh because Kirsty used to say to the guy, I'm sorry, I'm not allowed those because if I take those, I bounce off the walls. <laughs> So, um, I should have to tell you, uh, say what you see. Uh, so, no. Oh, that's really funny. True. <laughs> I think um, what parents would most like is if their child is out in a public place. And they, you know, I do hear all the time when I'm in various autism support groups from all around the world. It's when their child throws a tantrum on the stairs and the looks from people who just automatically assume that the child is being bad. And then the mother feels guilty. Um, And everybody, um, she then feels bad and then she doesn't want to go out again. And as I say, it's uh, advice. I would just say learn as much as you can about it. 
don't be frightened to ask anybody. Look up your local support group. If you're in any way worried, contact us here at Spectra. Um, if we can help out, we will. Uh, or if you would like us to come out and show you our products and let you feel them, see them, also feel free to contact us because we're happy to do that. And that was my next question. If people would like to get in touch with you, if they would like to see samples of the products you can offer to their children, where can they find you? Well, usually here, but I would advise them to phone first because sometimes we're both out at meetings. But so the number is Belfast, which is 028, and then the number is 90-456-027 or com is my email um, where they can get into contact. Very last question. What I ask all my guests. Certainly. What is your favourite vegetable? I love the one that everybody hates. I love Brussels sprouts. I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> love Brussels sprouts. So this is a side dish called creamy Brussels sprouts with sun-dried tomatoes. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. It's, it's a side, so um, you need a pound of sprouts trimmed and halved, which is about four cups. One cup only of thinly sliced leeks, the white part only, a minced garlic clove, a quarter to a half of vegetable broth or water, one cup of unsweetened, unflavoured, plant milk and two tablespoonfuls of unbleached all-purpose flour. Um, so in a large saucepan, cook your Brussels sprouts, your leeks and your garlic and your vegetable broth over a medium to low heat for about 10 minutes until the sprouts can be pierced with a fork and stir them occasionally but don't overcook. And in a bowl with together milk, flour, nutritional yeast, which is one of the Things I forgot. So, in a bowl, whisk together the milk, the flour, the nutritional yeast, and mustard, and stir in the sun dried tomatoes, and then add to the Brussels sprouts and cook for three to five minutes or until sprouts are coated and the sauce thickens. Stir in frequently and just season with salt and pepper and sprinkle with parsley. That sounds absolutely delicious. We are very fond of vegetables in our house, even my daughter loves veg. I have the only child who um, wouldn't thank you for a McDonald's or a pizza every night. I think it's because we've always sat around the table. And it's the only time we could try and talk to her. Um, So she likes to sit down and she likes her veg, so she does. Um, She likes her food food stop, but a lot of kids don't. One of the things they'll say, you know, you're an autism mum when you're cooking chicken nuggets every night. But I think probably because these people don't know, maybe their child hasn't been assessed, and they don't know that maybe a sheep nippiness in the bud now, you know, or maybe they just presume they'll grow out of it. Um, I don't know, but uh, yes, fussy eating is a, a cause concern for a lot of parents. Not... One for me, that's about the one that doesn't count for me. We once went out for dinner, like, and this lady we went to is an amazing cook. She does fantastic dishes. But she was told by Kirsty that her carrots were not as good as her daddy's. So if you're doing carrots, don't put salt in the water. 
tiny, tiny teaspoon of sugar in your carrots when you're boiling them. Interesting. Corn to Christy proves the taste. <laughs> so, that's another thing about children with autism. You know, if a child is into anything else, really, you know, they'll say, um, oh, it's his hobby or he likes it. When a child with autism is into something, they go, he's obsessive about it. You know, and they can be, but more so than any other child who, like, if you could get a degree in Minecraft, Kirsty would have had it first. She plays with people online, you know, and I guess we're very careful and we know the the dangers, but, like, she's in our view and we can hear her, so I can. Um, and hear her laughing her head off. But, you know, she couldn't talk to people if she met them, but she feels secure playing Minecraft games. So So I suppose for parents of kids with autism do not punish them for no. wanting to spend time online. No, if you like, obviously take the usual measures that she would with any child going online. But you know, to be honest, they're probably happier there. Um, or, you know, if you were playing music or something and they could find it too late, even though you don't. Um, and as I say, watch out for facial expressions, which would give you, well, when I say facial, I mean lack of facial expressions. Um, and if your child's smirking when you're telling them off, just make sure, yeah, either he is really smirking or it's not just because he doesn't know how to put his face when you're getting told off. Um. Well, thank you very much, Lita. It's been it's been really insightful, and and thank you for the wonderful recipe. Not at all. It's a pleasure. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, and I really do believe that, um, and and hope that this has been helpful to some parents out there. Yes. Well, I know for a fact I've helped two this week, so that's <laughs> and it is only Tuesday, so that's good. That's so Thank you very much. Not at all. Mita is incredibly welcoming and generous lady. So if you have a child on Spectrum and would like to know more about clothing and autism, you can get in touch with her via their website at www.spectrasensoryclothing.co.uk slash contact. Spectra is spelled S-P-E-C-T-R-A sensoryclothing.co.uk. Or you can email Mita directly at Mita, that's M-E-T-A, at spectrasensoryclothing.com. Or you can also call the office on 028-9045-6027. Mita's favorite veg are Brussels sprouts, and even if you don't like them, surely the recipe she shared would make you want to try them, right? Um, it sounds absolutely delicious. Normally, you can find all our shared recipes in the file section of our The Sweet Spot on a Farm Facebook public group page. However, as this is not an original recipe, you will have to go to the original source if you want the printed version. It comes from forksoverknives.com and you can find the recipe at www.forksoverknives.com slash recipes and then just search for creamy brussels sprouts with sun-dried tomatoes 
If you ask me, it sounds absolutely gorgeous and I will make it as soon as I can get my hands on some seriously delicious organic Brussels sprouts. And if you don't like sprouts but still enjoyed this podcast, you can help us reach wider audience by sharing, liking and also leaving us some honest feedback and rating on iTunes or any other platform you use to listen to us. It only takes two minutes and it will really help us out. We make this content for free. It is available free of charge and those ratings, stars and feedback and comments and all of that is really, really important for every content maker. So get your apps on and leave us a few words, please. And other than that, have a great couple of weeks, make some Brussels sprouts and more importantly, stay healthy. Until next time. Bye. As every week, your host is myself, Susanna from The Sweet Spot. Music by Mark J. Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.